Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leela. And, and we, we are, are Both and. and. A podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the multiracial experience in America by discussing relevant topics in a safe space. Happy Multiracial Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are talking about passing. Ugh. What is passing? complicated that's what it is leela that yeah absolutely <laughs> true so you may have heard this term before racial passing um was is was when people of a different race usually a minority race mm-hmm. would try to pass for white yeah and if they were able to pass for white then usually they got the benefits of whiteness now this is not to be confused with ignorance when people go come up to you and say oh my gosh are Mm -hmm. you italian are you latina are you (laughs) samoan no that's just people not knowing what different physical features are or Mm -hmm. being too narrow-minded and what they think certain physical features are and how they represent a race Um, passing is specifically when people assume you're white because mm-hmm. of your physical features. And sometimes you make a conscious effort to be white mm-hmm. because you know you can get away with it. So it has a little bit of deception, a dash of deception in yeah. the mix. Um, so to start off, we're going to talk about the history of passing um, and just what it has been because it was a way to survive. Mm-hmm. Passing was a way to break free from the constraints of blackness of, and I'm not as familiar with other races doing it, mm-hmm. um, like Native Americans even, um, cause I did come across a little bit of that in my research, but yeah. mainly the black community, light skinned, uh, people or multiracial people would survive by being white. They would go mm-hmm. out into white society, claim whiteness mm-hmm. and then live that way. Yeah. And it was definitely a way to uh, escape persecution mm-hmm. um, in as a minority person. NPR had an amazing podcast on it through Code Switch. Oh, I love um, Code Switch. Yes, it's, their stuff is so good. And I learned a lot through them. Uh, so definitely check that out if you mm-hmm. want to know more. But one of the things they talked about was how even the minority communities would support somebody who was passing. And this is back in like the forties and fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you got out if you, and you were a white person, you were living the high life. I mean, white passing goes all the way back to the slave trade. There mm-hmm. were certain slaves who were so light skinned or they were called mulattoes back then. Yeah. Um, please don't use that term now. I tried but for a second. No, <laughs> I tried to reclaim no. it and then I learned the history. <laughs> yes. And, um, they would pass as white. And so they would try to escape to the North, forge documents and, live and assume a new Mm. identity and live as a free white person in the North. Yeah. And so that's how it kind of started Mm -hmm. in response to escaping oppression. Yeah. And then it's morphed over time throughout the decades in the 1900s and whatnot. Yeah. My favorite um, story that I came across was about the Johnson family and they were a black family that was living in New Hampshire and Mm -hmm. they all passed for white um, and if you look at the black and white photo of them, it's, you can, I feel like you can tell. Depends on the family member. You can kind of tell. We'll post yeah. it on our Facebook page <laughs> and on Twitter. Exactly. Like you can definitely check out Facebook. Hey, we got a Facebook now. Um, but you can, 
the, I guess so. I don't know how they were talking. I don't know what they were wearing. I don't. The dad was a doctor, mm-hmm. and that's why they decided to pass was because the dad wanted to study medicine, and he mm-hmm. couldn't do it as a black man. Mm-mm. So he was like, "Well, now I'm going to be a white man." Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually they came out to their community. They were high society. They mm-hmm. were rich, and they were like, "Hey, guess what? Uh, we're actually black." And it became a national story. Wow. That's so wild. There are lots of stories about family members who would leave their black families, mm-hmm. pass as white, join white community, basically assume a new life almost. Yeah. And then their relatives later would find out like all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. my grandma was black? Yeah. And I had no idea. <laughs> and then in an unhealthy way, we have those individuals now who then claim 100% blackness. <laughs> 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 well, my great-great-grandmother was black, so I'm black. Okay. That's the same <laughs> as having like, well, I'm black friends. What I'm about to say isn't racist. <laughs> it's uh, like, oh. Actually not. That's not true. But <laughs> over time, passing has definitely morphed because um, I think it was around in the 60s, the mm-hmm. NAACP said, hey, guys, um, this is shameful. We don't want people to aspire to passing Mm. we want to claim our black identity and Mm -hmm. we want to be proud of that yeah and so i think sometimes passing is encouraged if it can give people opportunity so like parents may encourage their kids to just go with it again that's not every parent but some minority parents may be like hey like don't question it like they're letting Mm -hmm. you in you're able to go to these kinds of schools Mm -hmm. you're able to make friends with these kinds of people and they can get you someplace someday yeah um sometimes passing can be like this moses phenomenon you Mm -hmm. know in the old testament in the bible Mm -hmm. moses was a jew and at the time newborn jewish boys were um to be killed while they were enslaved in egypt under one of the pharaohs and so um moses's mom was like hey let me send you off and then he was picked up in the egyptian in an egyptian family and he was raised as egyptian so he was passing as egyptian Mm -hmm. and then later moses comes and like frees his people and so kind of like the johnson family example Mm -hmm. that you provided it's like okay let's pass as white so we can it's not like we're gonna like take down the white man it's like no let's let's gain privilege let's gain power and education and then hopefully that will lay a foundation for, for us to pull other people up the social ladder. Yeah. It's always good when you get power and privilege to then pull other people up. Yeah. Or to even, I think in a way the Johnsons broke a lot of stereotypes. I mm-hmm. bet that people thought because there's been this in our history <laughs> of a nation, there's been this idea that minority communities are less and, mm. um, and they can't accomplish as much. They're yeah. not as smart. This dude and his family, they didn't just pass. He was a doctor. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> so, and he had patients who they, they didn't know and he was working on him and they trusted him. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the ultimate. But now when we think about the culture and like people, what is passing nowadays? Because there are still people who are white passing. Mm-hmm. I think at least the most famous example I can think of is Logic, the rapper, who is a multiracial person, Mm -hmm. um, but he looks white. Mm. And he is very much about claiming his biracial identity. Good for him. But people push 
I don't even I like they push passing on him. They force the white identity on him and they're like, man, you look white. So you are white. So don't even try to understand our issues without knowing his history. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's trying to pass. It's almost like a <laughs> an impasse <laughs> like, <laughs> um, because people won't let him claim his identity because he looks white. Yeah. And you see that on both sides of the fence, right? So like white people will be like, nah, you look white. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then minorities will be like, no, you don't look like us. You're not stopped on the street. People don't lock their cars when you walk by because you don't look the same, so you don't have the same experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's when it turns into the oppression Olympics, when it's like, well, you're not oppressed as much as I am, therefore you can't claim my identity, the same identity as me. And I don't think that's productive, right? I Mm -hmm. think that's... I think people sometimes do feel a sense of hurt or unfairness of, well, you're not persecuted the same way I am. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what it means to claim like a monoracial black identity. And so you can't, you can't do that because you don't have the same baggage that I do. But I don't think a racial identity should only be about oppression and persecution. I think there should be other ties to it that are positive, right? Mm -hmm. If we're trying to, if we're trying to reclaim certain racial identities and we're trying to give them a positive voice and a positive light in American culture, I don't think an oppression Olympics Mm. kind of reaction is the way to do that. Yeah, absolutely not. Now I don't want to minimize their experience and say like, Hey, you know what? Like, yes, people who are white passing may not experience the same kind of microaggressions Mm -hmm. as people who aren't white passing yeah i don't want to minimize that because that does occur yes but i just for the greater goal i don't think that oppression olympics is productive yeah because when when that happens it's really people tearing down other people Mm. you're tearing down somebody else because they don't have your like that's basically what it is because they don't have your same experience like you're tearing them down where your anger and your I would say like, and it, it can be a righteous anger needs sure. to be pointed at the system that has created mm-hmm. such benefits to people of, who are white passing people mm-hmm. of lighter skin complexions. That's not that person's fault. It's Mm-mm. the system that put it in place. Yeah. In short, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. And I think by rejecting people, from a certain racial group mm-hmm. based on whether they are white passing or they don't have as many negative experiences. I think that's such a missed opportunity Absolutely, for people yeah. who are white passing to use their privilege to benefit that racial group. Yes. And, uh, but it can be, I've been in situations where I'm in a community of minorities and white people are there. Mm-hmm. Like mixed race people like me are there mm-hmm. other light skin looking people whose race I didn't ask were there and it's such a, a shutdown of like the the darker skin people or the uh, minority leader does not want to hear or does not want help from the people who are in the room the people who are showing mm-hmm. up so that I think that's just if anybody is showing up for your cause showing up to help out don't count them out because of how they look that you're doing the exact thing <laughs> that we're all trying to fight against when it comes to racist systems and racist mindsets, you know, because it's a prejudice. Just though, because somebody's white passing 
doesn't mean that they're culturally appropriating. Yeah. Oh, man. Talk more about that. I think sometimes certain people are like, well, you like all the perks of claiming this racial identity, but it comes with none of the hardship. Mm -hmm. And so that looks and smells like cultural appropriation, so I'm going to reject it. When really it's like, no. Like with logic, people Mm -hmm. are like, no, you're a white rapper. Stop it. Yeah. But it's like, hey, no, he's multiracial. Mm -hmm. He's had experiences for being both races. Yeah. And depending on how you view racial identity, some people view it through cultural practice, some people view it through genetics. Yeah. Either way, it seems like logic, therefore, has stakes in both camps based Mm -hmm. on both criteria. Yeah. And so it's not cultural appropriation, right? That's his culture. (laughs) Yeah, it's his culture. He's not fetishizing it. He's not fantasizing it. He's not idolizing it or you know, being inappropriate in the way that he consumes or portrays that culture. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I will say the line's blurred and I can understand where certain monoracial people get defensive about that. Mm -hmm. But again, that's coming from a place of hurt. That's not. And so sometimes like hurt people lash out and I, I can empathize with that. But I will say like, I don't like people can't control if they're white passing, you Mm -hmm. know, like, that's just how you look unless you get plastic surgery or unless you go hard on like bleaching. Yeah. I don't even know, but you know, that's something that's out of their control. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't reject people for being white passing. Like, and if you are white passing, you know, like you can use your privilege to help whatever racial group you want to be a part of. Or even, I mean, I would say even, like, I want you to help the community. I want you to help the people you're passionate about and where you come from. But I also have no problem if a white passing person is using their privilege to help themselves. Like, yeah, we're all, ahead. yeah, we're all in this game. We're all trying to do the best for ourselves, for our families. And if I am in a freaking bank and I'm filling out an application and they ask me my race and there's not an option for two or more, I'm I'm dipping into my white side oh, because heck yes. <laughs> I want those lower interest rates like uh, that I'm going to do that. We know there is a history of racism in banks and yeah. all these systems and that's what it is. Oh yeah. And we're trying to change it and we're trying to aim for fairness, but I'm not going to suffer mm-hmm. in it when like that sounds so bad. It's and I recognize it sounds bad, but I'm not going to suffer in it when I have the opportunity to get out of it. And I don't think anybody should should hate me for it. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that you choose to use your privilege. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. Like, you get having a lower interest rate is helping you financially, mm-hmm. but it's not at the cost of someone else. That's not – that's the bank has to change that. That is a system-wide change. Yeah. And I can do my part by saying, hey, man, I noticed – I had this interest right here, but at, uh, I mean, whatever. There's an example out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I can use my voice to mm-hmm. speak out against privileges that I see myself receiving that no one else receives. Yeah. I think that's where it gets tricky. Because there's like an unfairness and there's a comparison aspect to it. Yeah. Of like, well, you you can check the white box, but I can't. And like, I'm going to be proud and I'm going to stand in my monoracial minority status and there's nothing wrong with that no not at all and but i will always whenever it benefits me to check the white box i will but i will not lie about the privileges that i get to hold somebody else back yeah i think that's really important when it comes to white uh white passing passing privilege um and 
basically to, unless it's on a piece of paper, I can't pass anymore. I used to be able to, in middle school I could pass because my hair was straightened. Mm. I stayed inside a lot. I was very light. (laughs) (laughs) So, and my mom loved listening to country music. So if somebody saw me in a car, they'd be like, there's a white mama with her white child listening to country music. Not anymore. (laughs) I got my curly hair. I'm out in the sun often and I'm listening to Kendrick Lamar because he's my favorite. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) But so all that to say, like I, if I still had that passing privilege, I would never use that privilege to push down another minority community or another minority person. If it came to it and somebody was like, you need to give up. If if you give up this privilege, there'll be equality for all. Take it. Yeah. I'm giving it up. Nobody's come to me with that option just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do someday. Yeah. So I can't like, yeah, take it because I want fairness for everyone. Mm-hmm. But until that day comes, I'm going to play the game and I'm going to get ahead. Yeah, I totally get that. I check white for bank applications. And when I was in school, I checked Asian for anything academic. Yeah. Except thankfully I never applied to Harvard because <laughs> apparently that would have meant nothing. Oh goodness. Um, but you guys check out that Harvard story. It's wild. Yeah. But yeah. And so, you know, playing the game, it's interesting. So I've recently been submitting job applications, you know, changing fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm married, I no longer have a Japanese last name. Mm-hmm. And so before I would, check two or more races and have a Japanese last name so people could assume mm-hmm. that like people knew going in like okay like she has some sort of minority in her yeah. even if it's not obvious but now I have just like a generic American last name mm-hmm. nothing wrong with the name and think it's fine but if I check two or more races I wonder are people going to think that I'm half black half white oh. because my name doesn't have any specific features to yeah. clue people to the fact that I'm Japanese. And so I What does that feel like? It was an interesting glimpse into what it must be like for minorities, like monoracial minorities to apply for jobs cuz mm-hmm. there were several times where um you know, people just looked at my application if they didn't look at look at any of like my LinkedIn profile or anything like that, they mm-hmm. would be like, "Oh, they might assume that I'm black and I might be passed over for something. Yeah. And so I have no way of knowing whether that was true or not, yeah. but that made me stop and think and empathize and realize like, you know, I do have a privilege of being able to choose if I want to check a monoracial box or check a, a multiracial box. Mm-hmm. And not everyone has that. Yeah. You know, like now you don't have to disclose, but then people wonder why you aren't disclosing yeah. your race. Yeah. And so it's a whole system and it's a whole game and it's broken and it's rigged. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it just made me feel for other people. Yeah. And we're doing what we can now. Like I would love to tear down all the <laughs> racist systems in America mm-hmm. in one day, but we're doing what we can as to, uh, multiracial women mm-hmm. in this world, having this conversation and hoping you guys uh, give us your feedback as yeah. well um, when we get to that part. Now, I th- so we've talked about how, you know, people passed to get ahead, mm-hmm. how people looked down on passing because of different privilege mm-hmm. or their experience um, as a minority, whether it had microaggressions or discrimination or not. But I think also passing is a phenomenon and when people force you to pass one way or the other mm-hmm. based on how you look. So I don't know your experience, but for me, a lot of people assume that I'm white until they learn otherwise, mm-hmm. especially now, like I said, that my last name is different. And so p- 
people assume I'm white, and when I say that I'm half Japanese, they try to find ways to discredit my Japanese Gross. heritage. It's like, oh, well, do you speak it at home? Have you been to Japan? Like, yeah. talk to me in Japanese. And they kind of, like, make me prove it. Don't make and me if take I this test. can't, <laughs> and, if, and I don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. most of the time, these are white people. And so <laughs> I'm like, you don't, you're not even qualified to administer this test. But also, like... <laughs> I've found in my experience that they're just more comfortable mm-hmm. spending time with me if they think that I'm white mm-hmm. than if I was some th- than if I was different than them. Yeah. And so white passing is also a way for people to try and feel more comfortable mm-hmm. to try and spend time with someone that they are like, not yeah. someone that they're different from. Yeah. And that's not obviously like any of my close friends, but I found that a lot in like workplaces mm-hmm. or with acquaintances or classmates. They're much more comfortable if they just conceptualize me as white and they just see me as white and project that on me. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've struggled with a lot because my f- my Asian family talks all the time about how I'm the most white passing mm. of all of my cousins. Mm, yeah. Um, so there are four of us cousins who are multiracial. Yeah. Our other cousins are monoracial, multiethnic. Mm. So monoracial, Asian, multiethnic, Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, but four of us are multiracial, half white, half Japanese. Um, and so I am the most white passing of them. And yeah. I'm pretty insecure in that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it feels like I'm farther away from some of our a- feeling connected to some of our Asian traditions yeah. or it's if my family feels like I'm all, I'm deserving enough. Ooh, and so sometimes, and not that that's a conscious thing and they leave me out oh, of yeah. stuff, but they just assume that I'm more connected to white American culture than I am to Japanese culture. Dang. And oh. so, and it's because I look different, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. looks matter only because our society says it does not because inherently looks are that important and are we ever gonna get away from that as a society (laughs) i think we can but i don't know if we will yeah well is, is it really up to society to tell us how to identify i can like in that example there's you have pressure internal pressures from your family but also pressures from society to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to society, which is just the collective, which is all of us, like society isn't this abstract thing. It is individuals that make up a community that then like give us our voice. Mm -hmm. And society has no right or place to tell anyone how to identify ever. (laughs) 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 Because society in the past has been the one to say that a black man was only three fifths of a person and no more society popularized the idea to emasculate um, men of Asian heritage and Mm -hmm. over-sexualize black women. Mm -hmm. And I, sometimes it just feels like the worst of us rises to the surface. And that is the societal thought or the society, the agreed upon like almost subconscious force that pushes us forward. So I reject that and I do not give society the power Mm. to tell me who I am to tell me how I should identify as a multiracial person that is for me and me solely and if society doesn't recognize it I know there's like the mental toll that can take um, the stress Mm -hmm. that can put on a multiracial person but I think it is valuable and necessary to claim our identity no matter white passing or not as we see fit I think that's the healthiest way to do it. Yeah. And the the best way to move forward. Yeah. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think sometimes I get caught up in putting too much stock in how society perceives me. Like mm-hmm. when Will and I are out in public and like we're holding hands, you know, there, there are certain stigmas about interracial relationships that we've already talked about on the podcast. Yeah. And how I'm like, wow, they must think that like, like he just like is with this white chick. Like mm. little do they know, like I'm also a minority. Yeah. Like I'm more than <laughs> just a white chick. I'm also an Asian chick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm like that comes with its own stuff, but I, don't want to engage in the impression Olympics just to prove that I have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I have, it's like you said, like I have to ignore, I have to not put stock and whether people think I'm white because I can pass or not Mm -hmm. because that's giving them power to perpetuate that. Yeah. We're going to take that power away. We're going to take that. It's our power. Yeah. So it has been ours. It's always been ours. Mm -hmm. The table has been set and we have a place at it and we're taking it. So that's what it is. And I don't care what you look like. Yeah. Be who you are. Yeah. Never be who you're not. When it though, Rachel Dozel still looking at you, baby. You're not black. <laughs> 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 I don't want anybody to assume that is what I'm saying. If you're not a certain thing, you can't claim it. <laughs> you have to have it somewhere in you. Okay. Anyways, I just wanted to make that. <laughs> just wanted to make that point. Just a little footnote. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And so I guess. I'm just left with wondering like where we go from here because um, I still feel pressures, whether consciously or subconsciously to present myself in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, like if I do my makeup a certain way, you know, yeah. that can accentuate certain features on my face or if I dress a certain way or if I act a certain way or eat certain foods, you know, like there are those pressures on whether I'm going to pass one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, don't have the answer. I have no idea. Well, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> Those I think... Those are difficult questions. Yeah. I think a, a first step would be to not... Or just You have to be so conscious to not... It, and a lot of this is in the mind. Mm-hmm. It is as you are going out into the world and experiencing mm-hmm. people. You have to be aware of the subconscious thought you're... Or you have to be aware of... You can't be aware of the <laughs> subconscious. That's dumb. You have to be aware of the conscious thoughts you are having towards people you don't know based on off of how they look. Yeah. So I think it's always giving people a chance to tell their own story in their own voice. Don't tell somebody else's story. I think that's the beginning of it. Mm, I like that. Don't tell anyone else's story. Mm-hmm. That's good. Cause I will say like, even if I am white passing, I am prone to assume that others are white based on what they look like. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. And so that's, and that's not for me to live out mm-hmm. or put on them. Though sometimes it is fun to find out somebody, like you think somebody's white and then you find out they're multiracial. Oh my gosh. Who was the guy you were telling me about? It blew my mind. Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. That actor whose name is like Mark Paul goes, I don't know how to say his last name. Mark Paul, Mark Dash Paul is his first name. How would you say that last name? Goes G O S S E L A A R. Gazalar? Gazalar. Whatever. We know him as Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Y'all, he is multiracial. Yeah. Blew my mind. His mother is Asian. His father is white. Go find the pictures. That's a multiracial individual. But if you, if I, I found that through Twitter. If I didn't know that, I'd be like, yo, this dude is white. But he ain't. (laughs) Unless he claims whiteness. I don't know. I haven't kept up with him. I haven't either. So I was just like, Whoa, like yeah. I didn't realize that's his those are his ethnicities, but I also don't know how he identifies, so I'm mm. not gonna 
like claim him automatically for the multiracial community. Theo Rossi is multiracial though, and he claims his ambigu ambiguousness. Who's and Theo Rossi? Oh my gosh, Theo Rossi <laughs> is my crush of the month. <laughs> he is the actor who plays Shades in Luke Cage, but he's better really? known. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I also assumed he was white. <laughs> no, he's I'm not. Part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> We're all part of the problem. And for those of you that didn't watch Luke Cage before it got canceled. He is also the guy, um, he's in Sons of Anarchy, and his role was uh, Juan Carlos Ortiz. And he just, for real, I think he I'm played kidding. a white guy in Luke Cage, and then he played... He, he the benefits, play the benefits of being <laughs> racially ambiguous. Truth. He is all over the place. Truth. And I love watching him on the screen. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so all that to say, don't tell other people's story. I think that's my big takeaway from today. Yeah. I like that. But that leads us into our question of the week. So, listeners, we want to know, how do you decide how to live your life despite the ways in which society perceives you? And I think a tag on to that question, too, would how do you ignore those societal pressures or even cope with them? Mm. Because we have to be real. Societal pressure is real. So yep. how do you cope with that? So you can email us your thoughts at wearebothand at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet us at wearebothand and like our Facebook page and have the conversation there, which also we are both and easy, consistent on brand <laughs> <laughs> so as always please share us tell your friends let's talk about it um but subscribe to us on itunes and google play and until next time y'all have a great day mm -hmm.